You're listening to the Great Recruiter Training Podcast. Here we go. Hosted by industry expert, trainer, and motivator, Scott Love. Hey everyone, this is Scott Love and thanks for joining me again for podcast number 10. Today's podcast is going to be on the focus of high-level client relationships. It's interesting, I always used to say that our recruiting industry, there's two core competencies that you have to master to be successful. The first one is you have to engage strangers in a dialogue and get them to trust you quickly and take your advice and do what you want them to do. Uh, for example, a candidate recruit call that's a six-minute phone call, you have to get them to consider that there's other opportunities and send you a resume. That's your first core competency to be able to influence other people to comply with your requests. The second core competency is that you have to bounce back from resilience. Anytime something bad happens to you, it's those people that can quickly recover and get back on the phone and back in action. Those are the people that are going to be successful. But you know what? There's a third core competency, which I think is just as important, if not more important, than these other two. And that is that you have to develop lasting relationships with people where they consider you not just a trusted advisor, but a trusted partner in their success. And what's interesting is that there's actually a system to developing those types of relationships. You don't have to have a magical personality. It helps, but if you follow a certain system, you'll get the same type of results of people that have that system already figured out naturally in their mind. So I'm going to share with you some things that I've learned in a recent book that I've read by Ed Wallace. The book is called Business Relationships That Last. I picked this up on a bookshelf in a bookstore last week, and I'm probably almost uh, 75% of the way through it. I read half of it back on a flight from a speaking engagement that I did in Las Vegas last week. And I'm going to share with you some things that I've learned in my career in consulting to search practitioners and working a desk, and also some of the things that I've learned from Ed's book. Uh, there are about three books at the bookstore that I was considering purchasing. And this was the one that was on the bottom of the list because I figured, you know, business relationships that last, that sounds kind of simple. I teach this stuff. I know this stuff. Is, is there anything that I can learn that's going to be worth my time? And I'm looking at the price of the book, and it's 20 bucks. 1995, and I'm really glad I got this because, yeah, I, I know some of the stuff that he's talking about, but there are other things that I think that we all understand. But when we see someone else's perspective and how they articulate the same thing, we get other insights out of that that add to our own arsenal of knowledge that help propel us forward. So I think that's why anytime you see a subject matter, you're considering going to a seminar or buying a book off of a bookshelf and you say, you know what, I know that. I know that. I don't need to read that. I'd ask you to reconsider that. And I'm glad I did because I've learned some key things. And in fact, this book has illuminated some shortcomings that I have in my own client development that I've neglected that I didn't even know I had problems in that area. And that's one of the power, that, that's the power of continuous education, always learning. And what's interesting, that's what I see just in my own consulting practice, training to search practitioners, the people that invest mostly in my training products in the coaching club, those are experienced recruiters. Those are people that are already successful. Those aren't the people that need the help, if, if you know what I mean. Those aren't the people that need it. Whoever, whoever invests in it, those are the, the achievers. And I'm not just talking about the stuff I sell. I'm talking about in general, the people that invest in their own 
personal development and their own training, those are people that are already successful. So let me share with you some of the things about relationships with high-level prospects. So I want you to think of this mostly in terms of the client development, but also candidate recruitment, because it's the same thing. You've got to become a trusted partner with those candidates. Some candidates you talk to the first time you talk to them, they're ready to send you a resume. Others, it might not be for a couple of years before they're ready to make the move and they trust you. So let's look at the system behind business relationships that last. Some of the things that Ed talked about in his book, he, uh, one of them that uh, really hit home with me was called Little Extras. He says when you talk with people, you want to remember the little extras in your conversations. Some examples are remembering something they told you about a volunteer activity. Now, the cool thing about having a database, and I use PC Recruiter to keep all my data in, is that you don't have to remember every little thing about every conversation that you've had with someone. You can type it in there. So-and-so likes to play volunteer Little League with his kids, you know, and you can bring that up. Hey, how is your, how is your kids' Little League game? How's the coaching going? You can remember that when you talk to them. And people like that. They feel like, hey, you're taking a personal interest in them. One of my clients, she volunteers her time with a theater company in Washington, D.C., and so I really think that she, she trusts me, she likes me, because when I talk with her, not every time I bring it up, but every once in a while, I'll say, hey, what sort of production are you guys, you guys working on right now with your theater company? And, and that's, that's taking an interest in someone. That little extra is taking a personal interest in things outside of work. Some of the other little extras that Ed talks about in his book are handwritten notes. When I read this, I used to do this a long time ago. I would send out form letters with two business cards and I, what I'm doing now is, is sending people emails. There's an automated email that I send to someone when I talk with them and what I'm going to do after reading Ed's book I'm going to go to vistaprint.com I'm going to print out some stationary cards or not stationary but just some just some like uh, like folding thank you note cards but they don't say thank you it's just blank inside I'll put my company logo on the front and every time I talk to someone whether it's a candidate or a client I'm going to send them a hand addressed note and a handwritten note and I might delegate that to my, my assistant, or I'll figure out some sort of a system. But either way, I'm going to send them a handwritten note that just says it was great talking with you. Let's keep in touch. You can, you can do a bunch of those all at once and then just write the person's first name at the top when you send them out and then have it ready to go. Put two business cards, two or three business cards inside that. And when they get that, you know what they're going to do? They're going to keep those business cards. They're going to put them in their desk drawer and they're going to keep them there for a long time. They might even give one of those cards to one of their friends. And I remember when I used to do that, when I used to send things via U.S. mail before everybody got into email, I would always get calls from people that said, I got your business card from a friend of mine. We're looking for a, a senior VP or I'm looking to make a move. And it's just that little extra that goes a long way. It sets you apart from everybody else because the recruiters that are still in business right now, they're a lot more, they're a lot more active in actively recruiting candidates right now for the few opportunities that they have. So, so the good people are getting more calls. You need to do things with your candidates. It's going to separate you from everybody else. And it's that nice little handwritten note that you send to them that adds a personal little extra touch. Another concept that Ed talks about in his book, he calls it relationship superiority complex. He says this is what happens when you see that your best client is now a client of another search firm and you thought that you had a great relationship with them you thought that you were the one but one of the other things that Ed talks about he says that you're always auditioning with those people that you're trying to serve those clients of yours even though they're an existing client you're always auditioning 
to continue to get their business. And you can't forget that. You can't take those relationships for granted. And in, in his book, Ed talks about the relationship superiority complex is something that he sees a lot of people in professional services. They have that problem. They take those client relationships for granted. Another concept that Ed discusses in his book is when you're talking with someone to find a common connection. And this is something that I've been teaching in my seminars for a long time. I, I say that there's three steps to getting trust. First, you've got to find common areas of interest. The second step is building the rapport. And the final step is when they actually trust you. So when you're talking with a complete stranger, you need to find something that's going to connect you with them. Maybe you went to the same school. Maybe you had similar experiences. I was talking with a, a candidate yesterday that used to, uh, used to practice law to construction companies. And so I'm talking with him and I said, you know what, for a long time I used to recruit for contractors, for, for general contractors. And, and instantly the walls came down, we had a connection, and we talked about what it was like serving those types of clients. And I was able to get past the, I'm a stranger, you don't know me, to now I kind of like you and I have a rapport with you. And I was able to build a relationship with them. So when you're talking with strangers, see if you can find something that's going to bond you to them in terms of what you have in common. Other ideas are things dealing with geography. Let's say you call into a certain area where you grew up. Anytime I used to call into Texas, I would always ask people, how long have you lived in Texas? And I would tell them, oh, I used to, you grew up there. I used to live there. Oh, where'd you grow up? Oh, down in Corpus Christi. Oh, yeah, we used to go vacation there during the summer times. Instantly, I had common connection with them, common ground. You can talk about industry gossip. A question I always ask them is, what does your crystal ball say about the rest of this year within our niche? Now you got them talking about your niche. You have information. You work in that niche. Now you have something in common. Another concept that Ed talked about was listening. He says that a lot of people in professional services, when they sell their services, they're too focused on the features and the benefits. Let me tell you about us. Let me tell you about our process. Instead of actually listening and understanding what the client's requirements really are. Last week, I was keynoting at a company's annual sales meeting. It was a company, a large publicly held security company sales meeting. These are people that have security guards employed with them. And so I spoke at their meeting. It was a really sharp group, probably about, of about 150 people at their annual meeting. And I, was, and, I, and I did a breakout. After my keynote, I did a breakout with the salespeople. And I'm talking about some of your worst client experiences. And one guy said, we had a targeted account with a large Fortune 10 company to propose security services for their entire real estate that they owned internationally. And we spent several weeks researching and hypothesizing what their needs were. And so we set up a meeting with the executive team and we proceeded to tell them, this is what we see your needs are. And within about 10 minutes in the meeting, one of the officers of the company said, did you ask any of us or anybody within our company any questions about what our requirements were? And the answer was no, we didn't. And the meeting was terminated and they didn't get the account. And I really appreciated that person sharing with us what they learned, turning that tragedy into a learning moment for all of us. And the key is to ask people, what's going on? I always like to use open-ended questions. W5H, who, what, when, where, why, and how? How long have you had this problem? How is that going to impact you? What steps have you taken so far to fill the position? When you investigate and you become a sales detective, you're finding out where those problem areas are. Think of it like the dentist. He's probing in your mouth. And he presses here and, he's, and he says, does it hurt here? No, it doesn't hurt there. How about here? 
No, it doesn't hurt there. How about there? Oh, yeah, that's where it hurts. You're doing the exact same thing. So Ed talks about making sure that you ask questions to understand the client's requirements. Now, when you're talking with candidates, there's two questions that I think add a lot of value to that initial relationship with that complete stranger. When you're cold calling your candidates to recruit them, if you don't have a referral, it's a cold call. You're engaging them in a dialogue about their career. And you know what? A lot of times people, they're going to take a call from a recruiter that they don't know and the trust just isn't going to be there. But once you can build that bond with them and you get them talking, now the trust builds. You find things you have in common. Now you can ask intelligent questions. Here's two questions you can ask candidates. If you've got a candidate and you can just tell that this conversation isn't going anywhere, you can quote unquote end the call in your mind. You just say, okay, we're done. Let's see if we, let's get to know each other. How long have you lived in D.C.? Oh, yeah, you used to go to school there. Where'd you go to school? I went to the Naval Academy. Oh, we love Annapolis. You know, that, that's typically what I do. That's kind of my, my banter that I use with candidates pretty much every call just to build a bond with them. I know about their area, and let's talk about, oh, yes, we love that city. It's a great little town. Now I've got them. I've got, I've got some sort of rapport. A question I'll ask them if they just say, well, I'm pretty happy where I'm at. I'm going to stay here for a long time. One question is this. I, I did this yesterday with a candidate. Been there for a long time, and he's like, I just don't see myself leaving. And I asked him this. I said, well, Joe, let me ask you if there was an opportunity that was strong enough that would warrant a phone call for me to call you and tell you about that what would that look like to you if there was something that I come across out there that I should pick up the phone and call you and tell you about in terms of opportunities what would that look like to you and he said well you know it would have to be something that has a lot of leadership to it uh, you know whatever whatever that means and so we talked about that uh, that didn't fit the initial search that I'm working on but of course, I put notes in the database. And I'm going to call him if I come across something like that. And you know what? I might call him in about another month. Because remember, relationships are built on the frequency of contact that you have with people. The first time you talk with someone, they're a stranger. The second time, you're not a stranger. So that's the first question. If there was something that I had that would really warrant a phone call to you to hear about, what would that, what would that opportunity look like to you? Another question is this. If I had an opportunity that was substantially greater than your current situation, would you want to at least hear about that? Some candidates will say, well, yeah, I would. You say, well, let's talk about that. Other candidates, I had a candidate yesterday say, no, I just wouldn't want to hear about that. I'm, I'm done. And then you know that this is the candidate where you're not getting any referrals, you're not getting any industry intelligence, you're not going to turn them around. It's just not going to go forward and you end the call and you're done. Now, in Ed's book, he says that there's six relationship blockers. And let me share these with you. And this is, this is a book I'd, I'd recommend that you get. Um, Ed's website is relationalcapitalgroup.com. But you can probably find his book in any bookstore. But relational blocker number one is feature and function obsession. He says that a lot of people that sell their services, they get so focused on the features and the functions that they lose sight of finding out what the requirements are of your client's goals, passions, and struggles. GPS, goals, passions, and struggles. Find out what are the goals of your client, what are the passions, what are the things they're interested in, and what are their struggles, the things that they're, that they're being challenged by. Blocker number two is failure to recognize your perpetual audition. Ed tells us that the spotlight is always on us when we're working with our clients. You can't take your time together for granted. 
you can't wing it when you go into a client meeting, even if it's an existing client. You've got to be prepared and listen to and address the client's concerns. Relational blocker number three is BlackBerry addiction disorder. He says that a lot of times we're so focused on the immediacy of all those problems being presented to us through our Blackberries that we lose sight of focusing on the client. Our clients have to believe that we are engaged 100% of the time with them in the moment. Blocker number four, he says busyness. We're too busy. We put all these tasks ahead of the goals of moving client relationships forward. And he says, you've got to find a balance. You still have to get your work done, but you're moving your client relationships forward is always your top priority. Blocker number five, instant gratification is not fast enough. He says that he, he gives examples of one consultant that spent so much time sending emails to their client that they lost the, lost the account. We have instant gratification available to us through email, but he says never lose sight that it's the face-to-face -face contact. It's the person-to-person -person contact over the telephone that's going to build that relationship. And the final one, blocker number six, he says quality versus quantity of relationships. He compares the thousands of connections you have in your database with people with those few five or six high-quality relationships with high-level clients. He says, having a bunch of names in your database without any advancement towards objectives and business development, it holds limited value, and I'm reading this word for word, when compared with the performance you will, t you will get from actively developing and strengthening relationships with your Fab Five. He says, make a list of the five most important client relationships that you want to develop, just five, and work on advancing those forward. He says, compare that with thousands of names in the database, you'll always win when you focus on those few high-level client relationships. Now, there's always a balance. We have to have a quantity of calls and a quantity of connections so that we can sift and choose who those five quality relationships are that we're going to focus on. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Visit my website for free resources. If you're interested in the coaching club, go to my website. It's greatrecruitertraining.com. Click on the link that says coaching club for the same monthly price as your cable bill. You can get weekly coaching calls in a group with me every Monday at 1 o'clock Eastern time. It's the only time that people in the industry have weekly connection with other people that, that, that do what they do every week. It's the only place you get that. Plus, I spend 45 minutes answering your questions. So if you have a problem and you sign your whole team up for this, they can call in on the call and they can ask me questions directly and solve their problems. You get unlimited advice from me via text. When you're a coaching club member, you log into the Q&A section with Scott. You type in your question, check next morning, and my answer is right there. You get over 45 training videos. You get over 50 hours of audio downloads. You get all my webinars for free and all sorts of other good stuff, including 20 pages of word-for-word -word scripts. Anyways, all the information is on the website. Click on the Coaching Club link if you're interested. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, and I'll talk with you next time.